Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today we are starting in Revelations, and we will be starting in chapter 1 of Revelations, which is in the New Testament, and I will be reading in the NIV, the New International Version, just to make it easy and simple to understand. And, and like the ones I read, uh, the NIV was also translated uh, directly from the Hebrew for Old Testament, Greek for New Testament, and also the Aramaic for the New Testament. And so before we get started, I like to read what the Bible is. So we have some facts about the Bible and why we can believe in it. And when people, whether you're in a, a classroom somewhere or whatever, and, you're, and your instructor, professor, teacher, whatever, may not believe in Christ or may not believe in the Bible, um, and... Uh, they just, you know, constantly make references to why you shouldn't believe the Bible. Then you can, you can give this resource, which I got from Dr. Vodi Bakum on one of his teachings on YouTube, and he tells you what the Bible is, and he gives you why we can believe in it. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Forty authors, sixty-six volumes of books, a span of fifteen hundred years in three continents, Asia. Africa and Europe, written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics, and that's why we can believe in it. Alrighty, let's get started in the book of Revelations, which is it's a very exciting book because it has um, so many different things in it as far as um, you have a lot of symbolism. And uh, just different things like that. Okay. Uh, so before we get started, uh, John is John is writing to the original first century church who are suffering in order to give them directives uh, they must understand and and act upon. And during that time, a lot of the churches were also suffering. Okay. Let's begin Book of Revelations. Chapter 1, verse 1, the prologue, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, verse 2, who testifies to everything he saw, that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it. And take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So, and in this, um, they were also being, they were also being warned, you know, about the churches and what was going to take place. But in what was going to take place then? The majority of this, the majority of it had took place already, because he was talking to the churches. But when you take it out of context and you don't know church history, what happens is when people start reading this, they think it is that they're talking about like the future church. But no, they're talking about that church, but we can learn from it. But John was specifically speaking to those churches. And when God gave him this revelation, he was on the, the Isle of Patmos where they had put him because they had tried to kill him and couldn't. Um. Because God's hand of protection was on him. So they put him all by himself on his island to just suffer and wither away. But God had other plans for him. 
And so that's what the book of Revelations is. Okay, let's continue. And uh, Greetings and doxology, verse 4, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins, by his blood, verse 6, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples and earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now, Alpha and Omega means the Alpha means the beginning and omega means the end. So it's the beginning and the end. Let's continue. Verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Starting at verse 9, and the title on this is John's Vision of Christ. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom, and patient endurance that, that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Verse 10. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Verse 11, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. To Ephesians Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, verse 12. I turned around and to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampsticks, verse 13. And among the lampsticks was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to to his feet with a golden sash around his, his chest. Now remember, he's having a vision. Now I don't know if anybody experienced vision. It's like it's like a dream, but you're actually like right there and seeing it. It's like a real thing. A dream can be something that's not real or whatever, or you're just thinking about what happened like that day or, or before. But a vision is what's happening right then, right before you, and you're involved in it. You're right there with it. Verse 14, the hair on his head was white, like cool. And, I'm, and, he's talk, and he's describing how he saw Jesus in this vision. Uh, 14, the hair on his head was white, like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Verse 15, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Verse 16, in his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. So now this is symbolism here. And so what he's really saying is like, a, like his words are like a double-edged sword that cuts both ways, which is what Scripture does. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. So he's trying to describe what he's seeing. Uh, 
the best that he can. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and, and Hades, which is, which is held in the King James Version. Verse 19, write therefore what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. Verse 20, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstand sticks is this. The seven stars are the angels and the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So now we stop there because next time we'll be in chapter two. But isn't this exciting how Revelation is? This is fantastic. But you know, like I said, if you have the right context and what you're looking at, that's why it's important to um, to know hermeneutics, which is uh, how to rightly divide the Bible, the Word of God, and that is, you know, what is allegory, what is literature, what is literal, what is allegory, and what is uh, allegorical, you know, and so it's and symbolism and all that. So, so once you know that, then when you get into it, then it's a lot easier. Like I said, you can. Find that um, if you want the quickest way, just go to YouTube and uh, pull up Dr. Walter Martin and put hermeneutics in there. And uh, he has a really good teaching on it that's, that's easy to understand. Or if you want to buy books on hermeneutics, you can. It's called Bible Hermeneutics or Biblical Hermeneutics. All right. So now that we have this. Let me let me give let me give you some scripture reading. I think it's always good to have scripture. Uh, John chapter fourteen verse six, King James version. Jesus said unto him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me." Exodus chapter four, verse eleven, the NIV. The Lord said to him, "Who? Who?" gave human beings their mouths. Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or don't hear? Is it is it not I, the Lord? So what he's saying here is he's all powerful, he's all God, and he's the one who makes makes people, you know, to have whatever problem they might have or whatever for his purposes. And he has his purposes, you know. We're not going to understand God because he's God and we're not. We're just humans, you know. You have a lot of people, especially today, with all the advancements that we have and um, the technologies, they literally think they're God, especially those that God had gave the knowledge to develop that stuff. They have gone so far out there to where they believe they are God, and they are not. They're just people. We're all going to die. We're all in a corrupt body, and we're very limited on what we can do. So that's... That's um, a pretty arrogant to to think that way, because they're going to find out in the end how foolish they are. Or yeah, you know, or, or those because they reject God to begin with. Ephesians chapter one verse four NIV. For he for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy, blameless in his sight, and love. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, uh, God is sovereign. In him we, we, also we, are, we are also chosen, having been According to um, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in, in conformity with his purpose. This was, I wrote that very small, I couldn't really read it, I'm sorry. Let's see. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, ESV. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Luke chapter 6, verse 40, NIV. The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. And that's why we're trying to teach you here correctly. So you will know. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 39, NIV. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they both? Will they not both fall into a pit? Mm -hmm. Let me see. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see here. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, the NIV. True repentance, asking God for forgiveness. This is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on, on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray, the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, a religious leader, and the other a tax collector, who was considered um, like a low life or the mafia back then because how the tax collector worked back in those days in the Roman days is um, uh, they told them what to collect for the Romans and then whatever they collected above that would be their pay and that's what they did and that's why they were despised and a lot of times it was their own people the Jewish people that did that let me see 11 the, Fer the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed God I thank you that I am not like other peoples, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Verse 12, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, this is Jesus speaking. And, and the last verse, 14, this is what Jesus said. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the tax collector humbled himself and came, because he knew he was a sinner. But the religious guy, he thought he was all that, when he was not. How sad is that? I'm going to give you some salvation scriptures. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, King James Verse, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised you from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made of salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. Okay, now, so you're saying, well, this is great and good, and I mean, you know, and maybe you're enjoying Revelations, maybe you're not. Um, but you say, well, why do I need Christ? And I'm going to tell you right now. It's kind of like when a doctor, before the doctor who has the cure to a disease that somebody has, before he can give the cure, he's got to let that person know why he needs the cure. So he gives him the disease, and why if he doesn't take the cure, that he's going to, that, um, he's going to die. And so to do that, we're going to use the Ten Commandments, not all of them, just a few of them, and to let you know where, where we all stand and why we need Christ. Okay? Now this is, uh, this is the Ten Commandments, God's moral law, and this is how he judges us. Verse 8. You shall not steal. Have you ever stolen anything? It doesn't matter how much it's worth or anything. It could be you could have borrowed a pen and not brought it back. Uh, you might have took something off somebody's desk and didn't bring it back. Or you borrowed something from someone, didn't bring it back. It doesn't matter what it's worth. It's the intent. You know? And most of us don't even pay attention to that, thinking, oh, it's nothing to it. But it is. So... What do you call someone who steals? A thief. Uh, the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Have you ever lied? White lies, whatever. Told an untruth. Or, you know, uh, didn't want to tell somebody something. Or maybe to get out of a problem, you just told them a story, which is lying. So we've all lied. We've all done that. So that's two. Two already. Let me see. How about the seventh commandment? You shall not commit adultery. Jesus said, if you look at another person with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. We've all done that, male and female, whatever the case might be. You know, we've all done that. So that's, that's only three. So that means that by this standard, if you judge yourself... That means that we're a lying, a lying thief and adulterer at heart. And that's only three. So you see why we need Jesus? Because we're guilty. So if, you, if God was to judge you by these commandments, would you be, would you be innocent or guilty? We, we would be guilty. So that's why we need Christ. You know? We need to, to realize that when Jesus was on the cross, everybody has heard that Jesus died on the cross for mankind, right? But what you don't understand is that uh, when he was dying, before he gave his last breath, now he he gave up the ghost himself. They didn't kill him. He gave himself, like, you know, he made himself die because he's God, you know, because he's the son of God. But he says, he says before he did that, it is finished, which means the price is paid that we had to pay, that nobody could pay, so we were guilty. But he came being holy and perfect in every way, and he um, took upon himself the sin of the world so that now we can come by faith believing, you know. And so I'm giving you the disease, which is sin, and the cure is Christ. So, so, um, so Jesus is, 
the the cure from being condemned by God by using his his Ten Commandments, the moral laws that he judges by, and if we come through Christ and understanding that we're we're lost, we're sin, we're on our way to hell, because if if God judges by these commandments, we, we would go to hell. Right? But he made a provision which was Christ. That's why he came. He walked for three and a half years and he remained perfect in every way. And he told the good news, which is that how we can go to heaven through him now. And so it's kind of like if you're in a plane that's about to crash, someone gives you a parachute. You've got to hold on to the parachute for dear life because this is going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come. And that's why we need Christ. And if I were you, I would get serious about Christ and realize this. And right now, if you're listening and you don't know God, is I would ask Jesus, um, just come with a sorrowful contrite heart, ask Jesus to forgive you of all your sins and have mercy on you. And then put, transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone. And that's called being saved. And then from that day forward, start reading the Bible daily without failing, do what it says. Um, find a good Bible-believing teaching church so you can start learning and growing and, and working for the Lord, you know, and, and doing things for the Lord and being around God's people. And do a lot of studying and you know, research and stuff. I love doing that myself. Some people do, some people don't. But, you know, I I love to learn about God. I've been doing this for a, a lot of years. And uh, what I've learned is that you'll never stop learning because we'll never go to know everything. You know, and uh, once we get to heaven, we'll, we'll know what we need to know. So it's just like that. Very simple. And I would do it and do it today because you don't know when... When your last day on earth is going to be, it could be today, it could be tomorrow, whatever. We don't know. It could be in 30 minutes. We don't know. You know? And if those that are thinking of suicide, I wouldn't do that either. Because if you don't have Christ, if you, don't, if you haven't repented of your sins and gave your life to Christ, if you were to commit suicide and kill yourself, you'd, you would be in hell. And you don't want that. Besides, when you surrender, when you surrender yourself to Christ... Then God gives you a hope for living, and a, and He gives you purpose in life, and and because there's a lot of people needing help, just like you and just like me, you know we're on this boat. But I did this years ago. I repented of my sins. You know, once I realized I was a sinner and I was on my way to hell, I asked God to forgive me my sins. I came with a sort of a contrite heart, a humble heart, and and then put my trust in Christ alone. And I'm still learning every day, but I'm sure. In, you know, it's been an interesting ride, that's for sure. It's not boring at all. So, remember, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says. Until next time.